Hello, brethren, and welcome back to the Unity Second Ward Elders Quorum podcast. This is our third episode titled, We Will Prove Them Herewith, uh, by Elder Bednar from the October 2020 conference. I hope that everyone is enjoying this podcast as much as I am. If you are, uh, please feel free to share it uh, with those people that you minister to in the ward. If you know of anyone that's struggling to access the podcast or to play it on their devices, please get in contact with me so that I can help facilitate that. We have a wonderful uh, lesson for you today. First, we have a life sketch by Jason Pollard. Him and his family recently moved into the ward. Here's Jason. Good afternoon, brethren. My name is Jason Pollard. The Elders Quorum Presidency reached out to me and asked that I uh, introduce myself today and and tell a little bit about myself. Uh, so again, my name's Jason Pollard. Um, I'm you know I grew up here in Burley. Uh, this place has been a big part of my life. Uh, I grew up on Occidental uh, over there by the junior high, but I spent a lot of my youth out at my grandparents, uh, Sib and Melba Morley's uh, farm. They raised Arabian horses, and I spent a lot of time digging holes for fence posts and irrigating the land and, and uh, you know, the typical Idaho upbringing. Um, I graduated high school from Burley in 2006 and decided to serve a mission and was called to the Tegucigalpa Honduras mission where, you know, I made a lot of friends and learned a lot of life lessons. Um, upon returning, I attended school at Utah State University, which is now my alma mater, uh, I have a degree in Spanish and business. I hated going to school at Utah State. I absolutely hated studying and working and studying and working, but I absolutely loved it, the environment that we were in and, and being able to go down there and meet my, uh, my sweetheart, the love of my life, Emily. Uh, she definitely makes me a better person. She is selfless and caring and just really pushes me along this righteous path, I guess you'd say. We moved back to Idaho seven years ago after I accepted a position as the CMO for Valleywide Co-op. Not long after doing this for a couple years, my dad passed away. We decided to move back to Burley to be closer with my mom. We embarked on a completely separate journey than what we were planning on. Uh, We bought a business, Farmer's Corner. Uh, Since taking ownership, we have expanded our services and even added a second location in Oakley, Idaho. Uh, We enjoy being here and in this community, and we love, uh, you know, serving others and and working with uh, the different groups of people in the area. Farmer's Corners really um, brought us a long way, and we're excited to be back in the Unity Second Ward. Uh, This is the ward we moved into when we first purchased Farmer's Corner. Um, So it's just like coming home to see uh, those friendly faces that were there when we first moved in and being able to come back to it. Um, We have three kids, Beckham, who's eight, uh, Lily, who is five, and Layla, who is uh, 18 months. And uh, they're growing up so fast, and it's amazing how fast time flies when you're having fun. So... um, brethren that's that's a little bit about me and about my family and we look forward to meeting everyone and and uh, being a part of this wonderful ward and are excited for uh, what the future holds 
Thanks, Jason. Appreciate that. We're excited to get to know you a little better as we start uh, getting back to church here. So again, brethren, our uh, lesson for today is uh, from Elder Bednar's uh, October 2020 conference talk, We Will Prove Them Herewith, and uh, Brother Adams from the Ward is going to give that lesson for us today. Hello, brethren. My name is John Adams, and I've been asked to... uh prepare the podcast lesson for today, um, January 17th, Um, and so that's what I'm here for right now. With that in mind, I've given a lot of prayer of of what I should use, which conference talk I should use. They've asked us to follow one of the October conference talks and, and use that, and after much prayer, I've determined that I got a feeling and determination to go over the lesson given by Elder David A. Bednar um, that he gave, entitled, We Will Prove Them Herewith. I really enjoyed this talk during conference, along with many others, but I I feel like this one is really pertinent, um, as as most all are. Um, And and the title section of this talks about is how it says now is the time to prepare to prove ourselves willing and able to do all things whatsoever the Lord our God shall command us and I also feel like uh, now is the time probably as much or more than ever even though all times are the time to do so so with that in mind I pray for the spirit to be with me as I, I review his talk here starting at the top he talks about the importance of tests um, and how um, he he's uh, had to endure his own tests many times, um, and and how he's worked as a teacher to help students understand the importance of that as they go forward in life. Um, it's interesting how he says periodic tests absolutely are essential to learning. Um, an effective test helps us to compare what we need to know with what we actually know about a specific subject. It also provides a standard against which we can evaluate our learning and development. Um, Likewise, tests in the school of mortality are a vital element in our eternal progression. Interestingly, however, the word test is not even found in the the scriptures, scriptural text of the standard works in English. Rather, words such as prove, examine, and try are used to describe the various patterns of demonstrating appropriately our spiritual knowledge about understanding of and devotion of our Heavenly Father's eternal plan of happiness and our capacity to seek the blessings of the Savior's atonement. <coughs> Excuse me. He who authored the plan of salvation describes described the very purpose of our mortal probation using the words prove, examine, and try in ancient and modern scripture. And I really like this quote from Abraham 3.25. And we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them, which was spoken uh, in the pre-existence, um, pre-existent gathering. And I really, you know, what he says there, likewise tests in the school of mortality are vital element of our eternal progression. I myself have had many tests in my life, uh, spiritually, professionally, um, in family, um, and, I, and I have to say they seem to never end. You know, of course, some are more extreme than others. But I, I also, with the hindsight of 2020, as I've looked back over my life, I am utterly amazed at what I've been able to learn from those tests. 
And the reality is, I'm not sure I could have learned them any other way. So tests are very important in life. Um, his One of his first... Uh, um, he, he moves on to talk about present day proving and trying. Uh, and then he talks about this year, how this year has been a... Or I should say last year, now that we're in 2021, last year was quite an a, a interesting year. Um, some would say the most difficult year they've ever lived through. And I personally cannot um, deny that. It's been difficult. However, in, in my own personal experience, I find it interesting that in other senses, professionally specifically, it's been one of the best years I have ever had. And so I feel blessed because of that. And I try to focus on the positive. And what he says here also is, I also hope that all of us will more fully acknowledge the greatness of God and the truth that he shall consecrate our afflictions to our gain as we go through trying times. And then he talks about two, different, two, two basic principles that can help us out. Um, uh, the first one being the principle of preparation. Uh, the second being the principle of pressing forward with a steadfastness in Christ. And I really like that those elements because preparation is so significantly important for us to be able to press forward with a steadfastness in faith, I'm going to say. Go forward in faith, and I, I always think of two words that start with F that can kind of control our actions in life. One is fear, and the other is faith. And what I've come to know personally is that those two cannot coexist together. In order to go forward in faith effectively, we've got to be able to cast aside the fear and go forward in faith. Um, the next one he talks about are, are proving, uh, well, Anyway, he goes on to talk about proving and preparation. Um, he talks about how the disciples were, were commanded to prepare every needful thing. Um, that as disciples of the Savior were, prepared, were commanded to prepare every needful thing. He talks about how the wording of, of, of building a temple when it was originally, originally given. And then he says we're also promised the following. That if we are prepared ye shall not fear. That goes right back to that word of fear I talked about. And that you might otherwise escape the power of the enemy and be gathered unto me a righteous people without spot and blameless. These scriptures provide a perfect framework for organizing and preparing our lives and homes, both temporally and spiritually. Our efforts to prepare for the proving, proving experiences of mortality should follow the example of the Savior, who incrementally increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. A blended balance of intellect, physical, intellectual, physical, spiritual, and social readiness. And I think that's an interesting point, and, and I've definitely felt that in my own life. Um, and I think that's important, that we are, we are continually feeling a progression in our lives so that we can be as prepared as possible when this life ends. Um, and he talks about how recently they had inventoried their food storage and found that uh, it was really really uh, important and needed to be have some uh, improvement or upgrades or, or fixes and I find that one interesting too because we have gone through the same thing uh, my, my, uh, in, in our own family between my wife and myself and extended family we've all felt a strong urge to get back on top of our food stores and we've we've been been it we've been with with me myself having one of the best professional years I've ever had 
uh, we've been blessed to be able to do that uh, effectively. Um, and then he talks about in that process, we learned a great deal. In many areas, our preparatory work was just right. In some other other areas, however, improvement was necessary because we had not recognized and addressed particular needs in a timely ways. And I think that's important in, in all of our lives. And, and we found the same thing in our, our food store. Some was really good. Uh, some needed to be supplemented. Um, and here's an interesting thing um, that I, I've, and my family have known about this for years. We've done our best to be prepared. And I will say that an interesting experience we had when we lived in, in Elk Ridge, Utah, is I went through a time when um, work was not available and I didn't have much to do. Um, but we were blessed to be able to rely on what we had. You know, that's not really what I expected food storage and preparedness would be for, but that's what we used it for at that time. And it was interesting when the Relief Society president was working with my wife on asking what they can help us out with, and she gave her a list of a few things, and, and the Relief Society president, in essence, said, is that you sure that's really all you need? That's one of the smallest lists I've ever received. And my wife said, well, that's because we have prepared ahead of time and had our food stores ready. So we know from personal experience the value of that. Um, and then he points out here something how some church members opine. Uh, they talk about, well, the brethren have not told us that recently, so is it really important anymore? Um, but he says this, because the brethren have not spoken recently and extensively about these and related topics in general conference, but repeated admonitions to prepare have been proclaimed by leaders of the church for decades. Consistent with product, prophetic counsel over time, create this. Cons, I'm sorry, back up. This consistency of prophetic counsel over time creates a powerful concert of clarity and warning, and a warning volume far louder than a solo performance can ever produce. So he basically says, look, that warning's been there over time. Um, it seems to indicate you're not going to hear it loud and clear at the time of need. You should be prepared. Um, and then he, he goes on to talk about the five, the, the parable of the five virgins. And I find this parable very interesting myself. And I'll kind of spend a little bit of time on this and focus on this and then move on. The parable of ten virgins. When I first look at that, I, I first look at what is, the, what is the definition of a virgin? A virgin, from my perspective, is one who is cleansed from the blood and sins of this generation. Those are good, pure people. They're not everyday Mormons or everyday people. They're some of the best. And what we find is in this parable that from the best of the best, only half of them were prepared for when the Lord came. And so I'm going to read over his point here. He said, recall how the five foolish virgins failed to prepare appropriately for examination given them on the day of the bridegroom coming. And this is another example of, as, as I read over this, they didn't know the exact day. They didn't know the exact time. Nor do we. Brethren, we must be prepared now, is what I sense and feel from this. We can't keep waiting around, thinking we know better than the Lord, so to speak. And until he tells me I'm not going to act, well, sorry to say to those who think that, he's already told us for decades, as uh, Brother Bednar already said. And then he talks about how the foolish took their lamps, no oil, the call came, the bridegroom came, and they took and they didn't have any oil. The wise had oil in their lamps. 
And their vessels with them. Midnight cry was made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for your lamps, our lamps are gone out. But the wise say, answered, saying, Not so, lest we don't have enough for ourselves. But rather go ye to them that sell and buy for yourselves. So, so they talk about that and how it went. And it really came down to the very end when they came up late to the door. Um, afterwards it says also the five other virgins saying, Lord, open to us. He answered saying, Verily, I say unto you. And this is a very interesting wording. Very, I, I say unto you, ye know me not. Listen to that wording. The Lord is saying, you don't know who I am. You don't know me. You've lived your own lives, your own times, your own ways. You have not followed the counsel given. And so I think that's very important for us. And this is is spiritually, primarily, I think, spiritual preparation right here. So the reality is, those who are not spiritually prepared, we who are, or those who are, and I hope I'm one of those, I really do, cannot share our spiritual preparedness with others. You have to gain it on your own. And so I think that's very important um, deal there. So I'm going to move on down now to uh, talk about the, the final portion of this, where he talks about proving and pressing forward. Um, in this case, he talks about attending a funeral of a young missionary who was killed in an accident. And what the, the, the father of that missionary uh, spoke in, about service, in, in the service of his son. And I'm going to start uh, with, this, with the third sentence in that paragraph. He forthrightly declared that he personally did not understand the reasons or timing for such an event. But I always will remember this good man also declaring that he knew God knew the reasons and timing for the passing of his child, and that was good enough for him. He told the congregation that he and his family, though sorrowful, would be fine. Their testimonies remained firm and steadfast. He concluded his remarks with this declaration. I want you to know that as far as the gospel of Jesus Christ is concerned, our family is all in. We are all in. In. Brother and I, I really like that statement because that's really where we need to be. Are we all in? Are we just Sunday attendees? Or are we all in throughout all of our lives, in all times, in all places? And so he talks about how, yeah, the loss of a loved one can be heart-wrenching. I've experienced that. I have experienced that too many times in my own life with my family. Um, in our family, there a family of 12 children. There are eight of us still alive. Within the last five years, we've had two, uh, actually the two youngest, die. Um, don't really have time to talk about them. We'll talk about them. But one of the memories in this regard about being prepared, and this was a time when I was not prepared. It was a time back in 1987 when uh, my father had gone through some health issues. Uh, he'd had some... some uh, operations uh, and been able to recover from that and then then they returned about a year later and I remember that was a time when I was struggling in my life myself because I was going through a, my own personal problems one of which was a divorce I had had just experienced and was dealing with um, it was just a terrible tough time for me and I questioned everything um, in life how am I doing what am I doing Am I living worthy of this? And I remember a time, I don't remember the exact date, but it was late in uh, 1987 when my parents lived in Eureka, Utah. And it, it, but basically the whole family was called up there and some extended family to have a visit with him. 
And I knew that part of that was that he wanted the blessing of my father. And at that time, I didn't feel like I was fully worthy to participate in the blessing. So I found a way or was able to make some excuses that worked for me to be able to leave early so I couldn't participate in that. Um, But the biggest disappointment, one of the biggest disappointments in my life ever is I did not realize at that time that that was the last time I would ever see him alive. Two days later, I was called early in the morning after a rough night myself and informed that my father had passed away. Boy, was that a life-changing moment in my life because I came to realize that I was so unprepared that I was not there in the last minute to be there and participate in the last blessing given to my father. And I made a commitment at his funeral shortly thereafter as I stood over his grave that I would never allow that to happen again, that I would never allow myself to to be so questionable that I could not be prepared for whatever was asked of the Lord for me to do. Have I been perfect since then? No. But my life has improved and been much better through that time, and I've served many, many uh, positions in the church since then. Anyway, to move on, um, he talks about how... um, while he was serving as the president of Brigham University, Idaho, Jeffrey R. Holland came to the campus one time to speak. Uh, and and, and uh, toward the end of that, he had an opportunity uh, to talk um, with uh, Elder Holland personally. Uh, at least that's what it sounds like. He said, as, as the time of our gathering together was drawing to a close, I asked Elder Holland, if you could teach these students one thing, what would it be? He answered, and brethren, I think this is very, very important wording right now, because I think we're, we're as close as ever to the time that he discussed here. To go on, he's, he answered, we are witnessing an ever greater movement toward polarity. The middle ground options are being removed from us as Latter-day Saints. The middle of the road will be withdrawn. As I think about this before I can f- finish this quote, I remember Ezra Tap Benson one of the last talks he ever gave in his life was talking about this same thing. He said, the time will come when there will be no middle ground. Okay, to continue on, he said, if you are treading the water in the current river, current of a river, you will go somewhere. You will simply go wherever the current takes you, going with the stream, following the tide, drifting in the current will not do. Choices have to be made. And then I really like this last quote here because I've, I've used this before. Not making a choice is a choice. We can never say, I could not make the choice, because everything, everything we do in life is based on a choice. And he says, learn to, not, learn to choose now. Let me, finish, let me repeat that last one there. Choices have to be made. Not making a choice is a choice. Learn to choose now. Um, and then he talks about uh, how Elder's, Elder Holland's statement about increasing polar, polar, polarization has been prophetic from the social trends and events the last 22 years since he he answered my question. Um, Then he talks about how Elder Harlan warned that the days of comfortable living with one foot in the restored church and one foot in the world are vanishing quickly. This servant of the Lord has encouraged the youth, young people, to choose, prepare, and become devoted disciples of the Savior. He was helping them prepare and press forward to, th- to and through the proving, examining, and trying experience of their life. And this is in closing. This is the end of that. Brethren, I want to say 
some things that I have felt as I've prayed about this. And I have felt stronger than ever, as my family has as well, that we need to be prepared now. We need to be prepared and, 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 and ready to brace ourselves against that which is to come. And I must say that just in, in the few days from now, because what's coming and what's happening before our very eyes right now, I also feel we've got to brace ourselves for what happens because we don't know exactly what's going to happen over the next week, two weeks, months, years. We need to be prepared. And I want to bear you my witness um, and my testimony that I feel strongly of the need for preparedness in our lives. And I'm saying this to myself as well. Be prepared spiritually and temporally for that which is to come so that we can be on the right side of the river when these things come into play. And I bear this witness and say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Adams. That was wonderful. As you were giving that lesson, I thought of a quote that I'd like to share. This is Brigham Young speaking. He said, When we conclude to make a Zion, we will make it. And this work commences in the heart of each person. When the father of a family wishes to make a Zion in his own house, he must take the lead in this good work, which it is impossible for him to do unless he himself possesses the spirit of Zion. Before he can produce the work of sanctification in his family, he must sanctify himself. And by this means, God can help him to sanctify his family. And so it is my hope as well that when that uh, day comes, that the bridegroom comes, that we might find ourselves with lamps full of oil. Brethren, thank you uh, for joining us on another episode of this podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Until next time.